Today on Locked On Red Wings, we're going to begin our player grades for halfway through the season, and we're going to start with the forward core. Your Locked On Red Wings, your daily podcast on the Detroit Red Wings, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to the Locked On Red Wings podcast. We are your hosts, Brian Fisher and Scotty Bentley. I'm a podcast producer for the Daily J, WWJ News Radio podcast. Well, Scotty's a host of Locked On Tigers, as well as a freelance journalist for the Detroit News. And today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel, official sportsbook of Locked On. Every moment more with FanDuel. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On today to get started. And Scotty, in today's episode, we're going to begin our player grade, starting with the offensive unit. Uh, probably won't get through the whole offensive unit as there's 12 plus guys. If you want to count like Elmer Soderblom and guys, we got a week. We got, we, we got several <laughs> days remaining uh, to do what we need to do. But before we can get to that, uh, we're a little organizational update, I suppose. Yeah, news really Red Wings. Yuho Okinora uh, is placed on waivers for purpose of buyout. He had a eight, five save percentage in between Toledo and Grand Rapids where he's been playing hasn't been performing up to expectations or at least what they had hoped you could do. And with Nadelkovich down there now, it's a, what we kicked the can down the road for who's got the clogged goalie room and someone had to go. And it's unfortunately going to be Uki Nora. But what makes this interesting is if Ned gets moved to the deadline as he's an expiring contract, this could mean that Sebastian Kosa could go back from the walleye who's been playing better lately to the Grand Rapids Griffins. Yeah, I think that's really the only storyline to watch there. I mean, like you said, it's um, really got got a little bit crowded, and with uh, one of them playing pretty clearly a, a tick down from everybody else, I think it made it pretty clear. So, yeah, I, I think that the biggest storyline is just keeping an eye on Kosa and seeing if that changes anything for him in the second half. Yep, and then also Bergeron got reassigned to Grand Rapids, but that was just simply for the All Star break. Didn't even warrant a press release from the Detroit yeah. Red Wings. He'll be and, and, you know good season. for Red Wings fans because like last year when it happened, Valeno, everybody right? was like, "Oh my goodness!" Like, <laughs> like what? And, you know, there was a lot of explaining that had to be done uh, about you know like, "Oh, it's just for the All Star break, whatever." And this year, not fool. Everybody was like, you know what? This is clearly for the all-star break. Not a single person was like overreacting, whatever. Good for not a, not a fool me once fool me twice situation. Well, sure. and to be fair last year, I was that guy because I, when I saw that they were sending a guy down to Grand, Grand Rapids, I completely forgot to take into account. It's the all-star break. Like I was just like, what, why are they sending Valeno down? Like what the heck? And then it's like, Oh yeah. Duh. So even, <laughs> even I like this year, like you said, fool me once. This year, I was like, oh, okay, yeah, it makes sense. Fool me, can't uh, get fooled again. <laughs> so let's begin our uh, player grades. There aren't, won't be like a strict barometer for this. We're going to just do a gut check just because whenever you we'll, – we'll try our best to remain consistent from player to player, but, you know, each player is different, so expectations are different. And whenever you try and set a grade for expectations, like this is the bar for meeting expectations, it gets muddled, I think, like three-quarters of the way through it. Um, but let's begin with at least our top six, four, six, six forwards and see what we get through. And top six is very subjective because it's changed so much throughout the season. Yeah. But like, <laughs> I guess the top six forwards that came to my mind right. when we were first and foremost, to start with the captain, man, Dylan Larkin. How would you grade the captain, the pending UFA thus far? 
I think this is a B. I think that's uh, I, I feel pretty good about that as well. Um, you know, he he hasn't gone out and like really pedal to the metal, just like going out and, and setting the world on fire or anything, but he, he's been solid. I mean, he's still like clearly the best contributor on the team producer, I should say on the team. Um, I, I fully support the decision of him being captain when it happened, probably came to that decision two years before the Red Wings did. Uh, yeah, I, I, you know, solid year, but definitely room to improve as well. We, we could greatly use a little bit, uh, not even a little bit, probably a, a lot of bit more goal scoring from him. But he's also not like too far off of, you know, career pace for goal score either. I think it's just kind of, you know, he's our 1C. You'd, you'd like a little bit more there. But, um, yeah, I, I feel fine with like a B, maybe a B minus if I'm waking up on the wrong side of the bed that morning. But I'm, I'm fine with that. Yeah, I think B is very fair for him. I think when it comes to looking at what he did last year pre-injury, he's he's pretty close to that pace. Again, on pace to break his career high. Uh, he would have done that last year if it weren't for that injury. Uh, his goals, I think, have regret. He's on pace for fewer goals than last year, but assists yeah. are going to be up. So it's going to be, it's like give and take type thing. But he's still very much the heart and soul of this team. He's still the best player on this team. And he's still the captain. And I think that, you know, while he hasn't been shattering expectations and has found a new gear since last season, I think that he's still very much been a, one of the better, oh, I would almost look underrated pieces this year because people have been so, this gets done on a different trajectory and I'll try and keep it brief, but people have been so critical of him because it's a contract year and what they think he's worth. People aren't looking at the fact that he has been the best player on this team. Like he has the point lead on this team by a solid nine points. <laughs> so, I mean, he's, he, yeah, he's, I mean, he's the best still, player. Right. He's still, it's a, it, it's a solid season. It's about, uh, I think what most people expected, maybe a few more assists and a few less goals, but points wise, it's about what people expected as well. Um, and I, I think for whatever it's worth, I think he's a great captain. Uh, let's move on to the first winger we think of when we talk about Dylan Larkin, and that would be Lucas Raymond, the sophomore, who had a sluggish start to the season but has recently really come alive, and he's on pace to beat his point total from last year. Last year he had 57 points in 82 games. Right now he's got 32 points in 58, 48 games, rather. So he's he's doing just about the same, but again, it's it's the difference here is the slow start to heating up. Uh, where would you rate Lucas Raymond? Yeah, this one's a little bit tough for me. I, I almost want to. I'm not going to. I'm not going to, like, cop out. But I, I almost want to. I, I think there's two very different grades for, like, pre- and post-American Thanksgiving. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I, I feel like maybe even later. Maybe even, like, like, like the holiday season, yeah. to be honest with you, right? Like, yeah, maybe just in the last, like, month and a half. But, um yeah, I, I think this is – we talked about it a little bit off-air before we started, too. I, I think this is another, like, solid B. Uh, I, I think there is still, again, like, definitely room to grow, and there's still uh, definitely – when you think of absolute best-case scenario in my brain, that's what, like, an A-plus would be, and there's a lot of room in between what he's been giving us this season and what I think Lucas Raymond's best-case scenario is, but – that doesn't mean that it's a bad year. Uh, I think that he's still taking big strides developmentally, which is great. That's really all you can ask for in a season like this. Um, and it, for whatever it's worth, 
he has picked up his production a lot, which I think that's <laughs> worth a lot since that's literally the conversation. But uh, he's he's picked up the production a lot in the last what three weeks, maybe yeah. month. And I, I think that that is is definitely obviously holding a lot of weight in this letter grade. But that that doesn't mean that. Uh, I, I think he was absolutely abysmal beforehand either. So yeah, I think this is another another solid B. And I don't honestly, I don't even want to, you know, like Larkin. It was like B, maybe a B minus if I was super grumpy. Like this one, I, I don't even think I want to waver at all. I think this one's just like a solid, like eighty five percent, right in the middle of B. Yeah, I mean, it was around December seventeenth, so right a week before American Christmas, American Christmas, American Christmas in general. Christmas, you said American Thanksgiving <laughs> earlier, so but uh, a week before Christmas is when his production really began to heat up. He had nineteen, uh, sixteen points in nineteen games since then. Um, in the first twenty nine games, he had sixteen points. So literally, he has sixteen points, the same amount of points he did in the first twenty nine games played as he did in the last nineteen. So in ten fewer games, he's had the same amount of points. So definitely, the point prediction production has heated up but you know with him you know you you hesitate to give him a, a I, i'd give him a c plus if i'm being honest because if you look at his body of work since then it's definitely like a strong b but he was like easily a c if not like a c minus in my eyes in that first 29 games so if you want to combine those two i would say c plus and that's not a failing grade a c guys is still 70 percent. that's still really good and so c plus i'm like oh, he's on the cusp of a b but it's just not quite there because there was it took time for him to figure it out, which isn't bad. It's not a problem. But if we're doing first half, there was a larger chunk of the season, the first half of the season, where he was not as where he was cooler than he finished. So, like taking recency bias out of it, I would say C plus. Sure. I, I mean, you know, I, I don't think that um, I, I don't think that's a you know ridiculously different or or a terrible rebuttal. I. I guess my thing is just the when looking at the first half and when looking, I mean, like we are going to look at what was expected a little bit. And, and I just think that he has given us about that, if yeah. not even like an uptick a little bit more in the last month, even though as, admittedly the first whatever two months were definitely a big yeah. I think it's just, it part. is important to look at the whole body of work. And I don't disagree with you. Sure. I think that a B is fair, but just, it, this is just yeah, it's opinion, right? <laughs> so, um, but let's get to a quick break. And when we come back, we'll talk about Tyler Bertuzzi. But first, let's talk about FanDuel. We're really excited about our new sports betting partner for Lockdown because they're the number one sports book in America. And if you're new to FanDuel, that's even better. They have so many great features that make betting on sports fun and easy. Download FanDuel so uh, download FanDuel now so you can bet on Super Bowl 57 with a no sweat first bet. You'll get up to $3,000, almost three hundred. It's actually $3,000, guys, back in bonus bets. If your first bet doesn't win, FanDuel lets you bet on everything from the money line to point spreads to who will score the first touchdown. The FanDuel Sportsbook app is safe, secure, and super easy to use. Best of all, you can get paid your winnings instantly. So join FanDuel Today at fanduel.com slash lockdown to claim your first no sweat first bet on Super Bowl 57. That's fanduel.com slash lockdown. Make every moment more with FanDuel, the official sportsbook partner of the NFL. Segment two, Lockdown Red Wings podcast. Uh, Scotty, let's talk about Tyler Bertuzzi. And I think this is a really interesting conversation because one, <laughs> it's hard to judge a man who's played 17 Can games. Can I give played. him an eye? <laughs> uh, and 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 slash a maybe uh, yeah um I mean, it's 
it's tough. It is really tough because he hasn't played a lot and he's been injured often. But I think if you're, if you got, if you have to judge him on his body of work when he is healthy, I, it's, I hate to do this, but, and I don't it's like, still giving a, out, yeah, that's not good. I don't want to give out F's, but like, honestly, kind of a failing grade so far through the halfway point of the season. I mean, this is a guy who had a career year last year. He had 62 points in 68 games played a 30 goal season. He's got five points right now in 17 and like yeah. injury is not what like you, you, he's not getting an F because he's been injured. What, like, let's throw that out there right now. He's getting, I'm giving him an F because in the 17 games he has played, he's been in, invisible or just snake bitten. And that's, that's not the Tyler Bertuzzi. We know not saying that he can't turn it around and have an a plus second half of the year up until the trade deadline. But I mean, based on the body of work, it's not been working. Yeah, you know, I I really feel bad for him, to be honest, because this, this season has just been, like, worst-case scenario in every single department for him, and it's a contract year. Like, that's that just sucks, you know, as someone who's, uh, who's like, pro player on a lot of that stuff. That, that's just is really brutal to see. So I, I definitely feel for him. Um, I, I don't think the sample size is big enough for me to – like give him and like straight up F and that's not to say that the production has been better than you just laid out. Cause it hasn't been, but I, I just, I feel weird about being like, yeah, it's been like, a, I don't know. Like it's, it's just weird to me in my head to, to put complete failure of a season on, you know, well, 17 or 18 <laughs> games or whatever. Right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah for sure. Um, so I, I mean, and I'm you know I'm not going to turn around and be like, oh, he's been really good. I give him a B. Like, you know, it's the difference between like, I, like I'll give him a D. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's the difference between a between an F and and like a D or a D minus. But um, I, it certainly has not been a very good year. And I think in the second half, we are definitely hoping for him to just get his legs back under him and and just stay healthy long enough to to kind of catch fire at some point you know what let me let me adjust my score because i think it is also important to take into effect that when you come off injuries where you've been gone for six weeks it can take you time and the reason i'm saying also i'm saying this because with who we're doing next i think this is going to have a huge factor on uh our grades it it, he came off two broken wrists took it's going to take time to get back in the swing of things and right as he was trying to get back in the swing of things both times he got injured again so like i'm i'll give him like a D minus. I won't give him a straight up F because a, a couple of those restarts, he didn't really have an opportunity to get started. And like you said, the sample size is so small. So I'll move it from a straight up failing grave to like just barely passing, but just still, you know, it feels like he hasn't been the guy that we saw last year. And so like, I'll give is him a D minus passing. Technically. I need to go call my former college. <laughs> I will like colleges can set their own barometer for what's passing. It was like, 100% a joke. Anyway, oh, well, I took, I took you way too seriously. Uh, <laughs> so I'll give him a slight passing grade. Anyways. Uh, do you have, do you want to talk about David or not David Perron? Uh, he, he, yes, him, but talking about Andrew cop, because talking about injury, Andrew cop had no training camp and no off season getting ready or anything. He was recovering from a core surgery. And because of that, he started the season real slow but right now he's on pace for his career average in points, which that's not super important to what you brought him in. Although the big thing with Andrew Cop that is 
struggling as you brought him in to pl- win faceoffs, and right now he's lost the majority of his faceoffs. Yeah, he's got a career faceoff win percentage of fifty-two, and he's got forty-eight right now. Um, but you also brought him in to play defensively, and you, as we all know, this team struggles uh, playing defense, and he's been better of late. Scotty, what would you give Andrew Cop as far as a, a letter grade? Yeah, th- I think this is a, a really tough one. Um, I am. There's a lot of people out there that are very frustrated and upset with Andrew Cop, and like I am just not and, and to that extent. I guess I should say, like you know, hear me out. But he's really not far off what he has produced points wise, like every year of his career, even like the, the career highs that he's had, he's not that far off from like career highs in some categories. Like it it really hasn't been like this albatross, you know, like he's not doing anything out there. It's just the reasons I remember when we signed him, we talked about why we were bringing in Andrew cop and why we were excited about the deal. And it, it not any part of that conversation was, like point totals. Yeah. <laughs> it was all f- defensive help at the forward position, which was a huge thing we always talked about in the second half of last season. And it was faceoffs. And he's not doing the faceoff thing really very much at all. He hasn't really helped too much in that department. And defensively, it just seems to be a, a really a hit or miss thing, especially lately on a night-to-night basis. And so it's a tough grade. I think I've settled on a C-. minus. I think that that that's where I I really like him because it, it, I I, again, I'm not, you know, then your expectations were too high if you were expecting like like an 80-point season from the dude when we signed him or something like that. Like that was just never what, what, there's never the the type of player he's ever been. However – the, the reason that you did bring him in, he has not helped enough to garner like a super high letter letter grade either. So uh, I'm I'm also frustrated with him, but just not for the same reasons that I think a lot of other people are. And uh, for that reason, I, yeah, I'll give him a C minus. I agree with you. I think C minus is perfect for him because, you know, you can t- you can definitely tell the player that you're paying him five point six to be is in there. Uh, but it's taken him time to get there. And I but I wouldn't be comfortable giving him lower than that, because, again, as we've stated, slow start to the season after coming off a major like core surgery is no joke. Like that's a major surgery and tend to not have any lead up to game and then just start playing hockey. I think that there is kind of a grace period where like, I don't want to give him the entire season and I, I refuse to as like a mulligan, but he's definitely gotten better as the season has progressed in a lot of different ways. Uh, but that faceoff percentage is still really inconsistent from one game to the next. It'll be like either 75 or 32 and it's, you play brought him in to play defense, and on the season he's got a course four percentage at five on five of like forty four percent, which is a brutal. So I think giving him a C minus is fair. Uh, I think there's still like you can tell that player you signed him is in there, but he definitely hasn't been meeting expectations, even when taking into account like if you take into account the salary cap that he's getting paid, but then also taking into account the injury he had. I don't. I, it's just hard to really get a firm grasp on what Grady should be. I think C minus is fair because I think he has been coming up a bit short of what the expectation is, especially at what he's getting paid, but also, you know, not so bad, especially taking the injury into account that he deserves to get anything lower than that. So basically I agree with you, Scotty. There you go. So, 
Uh, we'll take another break, and when we come back, we'll talk about Michael Rasmussen and David Perron. So stay tuned to Locked On Red Wings. First, I got to talk to you guys about Built Bar. Looking for a delicious treat but don't want all the fat and calories? Then you got to try Built Bar. We just got through the holidays, and oh, man, you know what's coming around a corner? Valentine's Day. How about instead of getting your girl some chocolates, you get her a brownie Built Bar or a cookies and cream Built Bar puff. You got to try those guys because they're only 130 calories and four grams of sugar with a whopping 17 grams of protein. She might be offended at first. You got her a protein bar, but afterwards she'll be thanking you because they are delicious and they're good for you. And now you don't need to wait around to get a box for years. We've been talking about ordering at built built bars from built.com, but now you can get them at your local Walmart, Walmart and Sam's club. That's right. Head to your nearest Walmart today. Walk to the pharmacy section and grab yourself a Built Bar. You can pick up a four-bar box of cookies and cream, double chocolate, and co- or coconut puffs. If you're close to a Sam's Club, run in and grab a 13-bar box with our hit flavors, brownie batter, and churro. You can thank us later. Again, Built.com, Sam's Club, Walmart. Pick them up. You won't regret it. Segment three, Lockdown Red Wings podcast. Uh you want to do Michael Rasmussen or David Perron for a Scotty? You you choose. Um, let's save Ras for last. Okay, sounds good. So we'll begin with our boy David Perron, another free agent signing. We just finished with Andrew Cop, uh, but David Perron so far this season in forty eight games played, he's got thirty points, fourteen goals, and sixteen assists, and he's you know another guy who. Had a great year last year, maybe taking a little bit of a step back in his production, but given his age, that's fine. Still kind, still basically on pace for you know what you could expect across his career. Last year, he had 48 points in 67 games played. If he plays all 82, he should pass that. Um, but you know, this is a guy who's oft injured throughout his career, but also when he does play, has phenomenal production. He's been healthy so far. So I think that production-wise, you're going to be getting what you pay for. I think. I'll ask your letter grade first again, but I think this is a guy who's been pretty much as advertised. Yeah, I, you know that this one's a little tough, just because, uh, like, for the opposite reasons that the previous people have been tough, because it's it's exactly what you kind of signed up for, uh, and, and those are kind of difficult to assign. Like that, that I don't want to say a C because that seems almost like I gave Andrew Cop a C minus, so like that doesn't feel like it's on the same scale. Um, but it's not like an A, prof- you know what I mean? But it, I don't know. It's just, it's weird when it's exactly what you expected. Uh, I, I guess I kind of want to go like B minus, I guess, I, I, I think. I, I mean, it's like you said, it, product, productivity wise, it has been about what you expected. Um, there was a little bit time missed earlier at the season. I'm not going to pin that against him at all. He's been a really valuable, I mean, by all accounts, leader in the in the locker room as well. Um, good veteran presence. So, yeah, I, I, I give him a, a – he's filled the role and, and done what is expected of him, but uh, the addition of him single-handedly has not changed the trajectory of the team either. It's not like an A or an A-plus performance either. So, yeah, yeah. like a B-minus. I, I mean, given the money he's making, 4.7, I think in, what, two years? If I'm remembering off the top yeah. of my head, he was a two-year deal. I think he's exactly as you expected. I mean, the goals he's scoring are are good. He's getting assists. I think you knew defensively he probably wasn't going to be the best, but like on power play, he looks strong. 
He is David Perron. He is the same. And this is what we talked about in the offseason. Like he, despite being 34 years old, hasn't really fallen off. And he still hasn't really fallen off. There's a slight step back in production per game since last season. But last season, I mean, he had 57 points in 67 games played. That's really good at 33. He's probably not going to match that pace, but 30 and 48 so far is really good as well, especially given your age and the role you play. He's just, he's been as advertised. So I think I can give him a solid B, especially when you take into effect that he's one of the few players on this team with a Corsi four percentage above 50%. There you go. He's got a 50.2 Corsi four percentage at five on five. He's one of the few players on this team that when he's on the ice at even strength actually helps contribute positively (laughs) relative to his teammates. He's a 4.9 in 48 games played. I mean, that's yes. He, in my eyes, he's an easy uh, B. I think, like right up there with Lucas Raymond. I, I've really liked David Perron and what he's brought so far. You know, I know there's still left to a lot to be wanted on his defensive play, but you know, the, you you sign players knowing who they are. Like at 34 years old, you're not going to get him to start playing incredible defense, but you're playing him, paying him to score goals, and he's done that. You know, he's second on the team in goals uh, with 14. And 16 assists so far. I, I, I'm i satisfied with David Perron. I really am. Same. Michael Rasmussen. I th- This might be... I'm going to straight up say it, man. He, an A. He's an easy A for me. Wow. Yeah, I'm not all the way up there, but you go first. I, when it comes to Michael Rasmussen, you just look at the steps forward he has taken this year. And we're, we're basing this on him. Like, we're not giving everyone, like... He has taken a huge step forward from his own performance last year and his years prior. You look at his points per game. He's got 24 points so far in 46 games played. His career high was set last year in 80 games played. He had 27 points. So he's four points away from breaking his career high in 34 less games. Quick math in my head there. Just minus 80 minus 46. Um, so I think he's an easy A because he's exce- exceeded expectations in every way. We talked to Greg Revac yesterday uh, from Hockey IQ. If you guys want to listen, he talks a lot about what Michael Rasmussen has gotten better at, but it really comes down to edge work, environmental awareness, and not not afraid to use your body. But I would also add just in general, his speed and agility has increased so much, and he's got his hands are better. So, I mean, I think given what he was, he has taken such a leap forward that for me, he's an easy A. And you know, I talk about Corsi four percentage. He's not above 50%. There's very few players on this team that are, but he's 5% better than he was last year. Last year is a 42.4. This year he's a 47%. So every facet of his game has taken a huge leap forward and he's been great. Yeah, hundred percent. I'm definitely not going to disagree with any of that. Um, I, I was debating between an A minus and a B plus, and I think I was I'm gonna go with an A minus. So I guess I'm not like that like far away from what you said. Um, but yeah, like right kind of in between those two. And for all the reasons you just said, like that, you know, for, for me, maybe my uh my like top of you know A or an A plus is if like he he came out and played his way onto being thought of as like a I don't want to say top six necessarily but yeah I guess like second line like of the future type of player like maybe that's what I'm like reserving uh what I what I would have needed to see to see him for me to give him like an A plus or an A or anything but like yeah this is a phenomenal step forward this is a phenomenal season for him it's one of the bigger storylines positive storylines I should say of the entire season for the Red Wings 
and he, he deserves a ton of credit. And I, I know that people will always bring up where he was drafted, and that, uh, I, I guess – might be uh, another reason for like not an A plus. I don't even know. Like th- that seems ridiculous to me too. Like that's dumb. So I guess not. But uh, people are always going to bring that up, and that's you know fine, whatever. But the fact of the matter is, he he went from somebody who at one point, you know, a season and a half ago, people were like, I don't even know where this dude fits on an NHL roster, to being a legitimate bottom six staple on a and not even just like the red wings like he would be a bottom six staple on like even some pretty good teams and so i uh, i think that he's only going to continue to improve and if he's a solid legitimate like solidified third line center or winger who cares just like forward when this team is good again, then that's a that's a massive win. I, I don't really care about where he was drafted. Well, and you talk about we've talked about the draft a lot and how he was a reach at nine. And you know, I to an extent I do still agree with that. But the other day I was like, you know what? Let's look at the 2017 draft overall and see who all was taken. Like how bad of a reach is it in hindsight? Um, and obviously you got your guys at the top of the draft. You got Nico Heeshear, who's you know turning into a, a stud, Nolan Patrick, who was yeah, he's fell off. Uh, Mira Heiskinen, who's a star. Cal McCarr was fourth overall. He's a star. Elias Pettersson. But after you get outside Pat Pettersson at f- fifth, it, it gets a shaky. You know, you got Cody Glass, who's only had 112 games. Uh, Elias Anderson in 110 games. Casey Middlestats had a pretty su- successful early career with Buffalo. He's had a 240, uh, 224 games. You got Michael Rasmussen at 228 games so far. And, you know, out of those guys who were taken ahead of him, you could make the argument that, you know, I mean, you can't make an argument for any guys who are taken ahead of him. They were taken ahead of him. So that's based on the guys who were taken after him. You got Martin Natchez, who was taken 12th overall by the Carolina Hurricanes, and he's got 164 points in 252. He's a great player. Nick Suzuki, captain of the Montreal Canadiens. He was taken 13th overall. So it really wasn't that strong of a draft class. Like once you got outside that top five, it was pretty a lot more up in the air. So, like in hindsight, I really don't necessarily think it was the worst player to take. Like the, obviously, Jake Ottinger was taken in that, but you don't take goalies in the top ten. That's like that's so rare that that happens. There's very few players that have had it happening. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you got Robert Thomas, who's been great for St. Louis as well. I mean, there were really good guys that were taken in the first round, but a lot fewer guys than in a lot of years that could outproduce Michael Rasmussen currently. So I. It was still a reach because there were guys that were taken, but there were also guys that other teams passed on as well. So it's just, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, it, it's not as bad as a reach as we remember. Yeah, I, like it, it was a reach, like it was. But at, at the same time, you know, again, the, the just the the resurgence, I guess we'll call it, of his career. You know, again, like I, if you're consistently adjusting expectations – four players throughout their careers. Like at one point, his was about as low as you could possibly get. And now it's back up to being a a legitimate, even if it is bottom six NHL player for a good hockey team. Yeah. And like, I I bet that if you do a 2017 redraft, Michael Rasmussen doesn't fall all that much further than where he was, if he does at all, because he's, he's still been a solid player. I, I don't know. It's, it's interesting to talk about, but, you want to do one more player? You think we got time for one more? Just because we got a lot of players to cover, and maybe it's 
if, if you think there's like a quick player, is there like an easy, like quick one? Sue Elmer Soderblom. Okay. Uh, I think he'll be fairly quick. Uh, B. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah, 21 <laughs> games played uh, this season with the Red Wings. He's got eight points. Definitely a player that could use a little bit. He's obviously in Grand Rapids right now, but if we're going to grade Bertuzzi at 17, then we should grade Soderblom at 21. Um, it's just like it's hard for me to be like, oh, like, you know, production wasn't there. But like, no one expected him to make the team out of camp, boom. and he did. Like, yeah. he just got thrown into the fire that no one expected him to do. And uh, he, he didn't look that bad. There's a ton of room for improvement. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's why he's in Grand Rapids right now. But I didn't look at his stint in the NHL and go like, wow, this dude sucks. Like, this was a really bad idea. This is a failure uh, or a really, like, sucky stint in the NHL. It's making me rethink, like, how I think of Elmer Soderblom. Like, no, he showed off his intangibles and the reasons why people are so high on him uh, rather often, almost nightly. It's just – the, the production's not there yet. So yeah, I, I, this is like a, like a solid, like B ish. Yeah. I mean, I, I think I agree because of the fact that he was a rookie and we didn't know what to expect coming in. Obviously there was some hype surrounding him after how well he played in the SHL and the SHL playoffs, but still like a sixth round pick, the expectations were like, can he even survive? And he came in and he survived every night. And in some nights he excelled. He had five goals in 21 games played, which is better than some of the veterans on this roster. Yeah. And then he had nine takeaways opposed to three giveaways, as well as a 16.7 shooting percentage. Not a lot of shots for him this season, just 30, but a lot of them went in. 16.7 is a very high shooting percentage. And he had a Corsi 4 percentage of 52.4 in those 21 games played. So, you know, his deployment is huge. He had he had 58% offensive zone starts rather uh, compared to 41. I'd really be curious to see what that breakdown is on the fly. Because when you do on the fly, it, it breaks it down. But this is based on what hockey reference says, and they don't consider on the fly starts. Um, but off the puck, he was solid. And he, he wasn't a point-per-game player, but for a rookie, he definitely looked like he needed some more time to season. Yeah, I thought he was a no-brainer guy, but he survived every night at the NHL level, and some nights he excelled. And for a guy who was a sixth round pick who just signed his ELC over the summer. Yeah. I think a B is very fair. Yeah. He wasn't, he didn't blow us away. He's not a Calder favorite, but I think given the fact that his expectation was, can he play at the NHL level? Right. He, he more than exceeded Going into that. Camp, the expectation was for him to be in GR all year. Yeah. And he made the team out of camp. Yes. So like, yeah. Good stuff. Uh, Scotty, any final thoughts? We ball. We'll be back tomorrow. We'll continue these player grades. Uh, we might break it up as I think we're going to do a mailbag episode on Friday. I don't see us getting through the rest of the roster tomorrow. So this may be a kind of broken up mid middle of the season player grades, but we'll get there eventually. We'll figure it out. So we'll figure it out. Stay tuned to Lockdown Red Wings. Same time, same place. It's your team every day. Every day.